The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and, of course, past performance does not guarantee future returns. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. I don't know. Um, so this is the first ever gone by lunchtime on location. We're in the field. We're in the field. We're, we're embedded. We've got boots on the ground. We're embedded. We uh, have had a few setbacks already. We tried to go to Pornicke's number one night spot, Astoria, which I believe is a fashionable disco where we would meet lots of politicians. That's right, but it closes at four. It closes I, at, I turned up early to try and secure the most secret table for us, but it, the doors were the doors were closed. The doors were locked. Makes it difficult. We're we're at the parliamentary press gallery party now. Of course, we're not allowed to say anything that happens here. It's Chatham House rule. It's yeah. no all off the record. It's yes. all background. The only thing I can disclose is. I did accidentally start a conversation with Christopher Luxon because I thought I was saying hi to my old friend Matt Ducey. Okay, so we're, we're being mobbed by our legion of fans, who, fans who are avid listeners of Gone By Lunchtime because they want to know the, the very deepest, freshest, most exclusive breaking stories in Parliament, so they tune in to us. We're um, in at that, in at that, Tina, Tina, Tina Tiller. This is Toby Vanhoe, back in the Gone by Lunchtime aerial sky tower in Auckland City with Ben Thomas and with Annabelle Lee Mather, who, as you have just heard, gathered together in the, what is it called, the lanes of Parliament? The laneway. The, we infiltrated the press gallery party. Mm. We started off, we were going to meet at Astoria, but that was closed. Mm. Uh, then we went to this parliamentary slide, but you refused to show up. Well, I, to be fair, I had a nap. You had a nap. You had a nap and a nap. And then we infiltrated the press gallery party. Uh, had to, we, we, we disguised ourselves as large bottles of lager. And... Uh, hid in the corner and had um, an, an incredible, an incredible pod on location before we were thrown out by uh, security. The the greatest nightmare that pretty much anyone in the modern age is hearing themselves drunk, recorded and played back to them, and, and we did it to ourselves. Indeed. 
there's actually quite a the, lot of we contain the seeds of our own that, destruction which we're keeping from you if you if you go platinum level as a spin-off member <laughs> <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll we will the, turn up to the, your house the, drunk the, the, the <laughs> oh yeah and, no, that's right and engage you in political chat um you were down there um Annabelle recording the second series of Matangarea. Yes. Which, tell us what that is. So Matangarea is an exploration of Māori political legacies. So basically we we have um, eight former Māori MPs and we talk to them about their life and and the ups and downs of parliament and life post-parliament. It's very interesting. We had some great talent this year. The first series was fantastic. The first series was extremely good, and the second series is going to air on its RNZ uh, sometime in the year 2021. Yep, it'll be on RNZ as a docu-series and podcast, and a half-hour version will also play on Māori television later in the year. Kapai, Ben Thomas, you were in Wellington doing what? Just... Working, just being, just, just loving, a, just loving just being a, a work a day, a work a day man. Working on some of your mittens. I was, I was trying to find the cat and kill it. <laughs> <laughs> it's the dusk of 2020, listeners, mm. and we're going to cover the year in, 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 in exhaustive detail in this podcast. But first, I want to say a big thank you to Tina Tiller who is just over there and is uh, very much our lodestar, our spiritual guide, mm. and uh, a good friend of the podcast. Thank you, Tina. Thanks also to Jane Yee and Alice Ubladour, who's helped out and everybody else. Not just um, a good friend of the podcast. I'd say she's probably our best friend. She is our best Maybe friend. Maybe the only friend. Maybe possibly. the only friend. Possibly our only friend after last <laughs> week. She's walking out again. No, she's not. Come back. Also want to thank Flick Electric, our sponsors of the politics section on the spin-off. I want to thank spin-off members who have <coughs> kept the ship. Why are you sniggering? Who have um, kept the ship afloat through some stormy times in 2020. I don't know about you guys, but listen, my take on 2020 is that um, the year in politics was influenced and impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic. Oh, insightful! Sort of just there, bubbling away in the background. Well, it was a, it was definitely a often theme. unnoticed, <laughs> but still Undetected. influential. <laughs> uh, so I don't know. I mean, what, I mean, I don't know what else there is to say. I feel like that kind of covers the big one. I think we can leave it there. Annabelle, who else are you? Let's let's talk about the heroes of the year, the champions. Who are the people that you are? anointing with your gold stars for 2020? People, um, things, anything? I'm, I'm giving a gold star to the Māori Party mm. for obvious reasons. Mm. Um, and if Ihu Matau, if a, if a deal does go through, then I'd have to give a gold star to Labour's Māori Caucus also. We are recording this podcast on the morning of Tuesday, December the 15th. And it's possible, but by the time... It uh, goes out there on the internet, even uh, certainly by the time you listen to it, that there will be a deal gone through. And it sounds like things are moving in that direction. It does. It does. It's been a, a long wait, but it sounds like now the handbrake has been released. Mm. We can put the car into first gear and um, 
potentially there's a solution on the horizon. I think the Hokainga at Ihu Matau have already said that um, that even if a deal does go through um, cabinet, that um, there's still it's still going to be quite a long drawn out process. Mm. But it definitely looks a lot more hopeful than it did. Ben Thomas, I think we'll actually, rather than gold stars, we will, inspired by what Annabelle just said, we'll, we'll make them golden handbrakes. That will now be the official trophy of the Gone By Lunchtime nice. end of year ceremonies. Who are you going to award the golden handbrake to? Uh, wait, is that the same as the good thing? Yeah, I think so. I just, is it just okay? Like, I mean, let's not overthink it. Okay, right. Okay, all right. Um, I mean, it's been a good year for Grisinda. Um, Jacinda Ardern and her finance minister Grant Robertson uh, working in concert in the COVID response. Now the deputy prime minister, indeed. Yes, yes, the deputy prime minister. Um, you know, it's pretty. It's hard to fault the response to COVID. I will shortly, but <laughs> in, in the short term, you know, we are COVID-free essentially. You know, except in the swarming, <laughs> seething COVID nests on our border in MIQ. Um, but, you know, and, and the economy, you know, on Thursday we'll get GDP figures, which will show, you know, stratospheric growth from mm. the last uh, quarter, which mm. will probably only take us to about sort of five points down for the year. Um, y- you know, it is it is hard to look back because it was a thousand years ago, but in January or February, we couldn't have even imagined um, closing down the entire economy. We couldn't have imagined shutting our borders. Mm. Um, and you do have to give credit to these 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 two people in particular. Um, David Parker was in the mix, Hipkins was in the mix, mm. um, as the leadership team for the government. Megan Woods. Yeah, David Clark was sort of in a in a ditch, <laughs> in, a, in an upturned van <laughs> with his yeah. face in it, yeah. face on the side. Um, you know, they they you, you do have to give credit when you think about sort of the vast enormity and of, of the un, unknowable mm. future that was ahead of them, um, and we've come out you know comparable with some of the best outcomes in the world. Um, and, you know, job losses have been nowhere near as severe as we expected, and that's a lot to do with Grant Robertson's leadership in the finance portfolio, that wage subsidy. Mm-hmm. Certainly there's been some quibbling about it, you know, maybe a few hundred million dollars going to undeserving sort of recipients. Um, there will always be a bit of um, lassitude and, you know, veering all the way up to corruption for anything that's as accessible as that $13 billion ended up being, uh, but it really did keep the country afloat. Um, on a purely political level, our, our friend of the pod, Chloe Swarbrick, um, and her evil counterpart, David Seymour, both had terrific years, mm. um, really you know, le- leading the minor parties uh Swarbrick not as the sort of formal leader, but in terms of public prominence, in terms of making real inroads, winning the first uh, electorate seat for the Greens for, what, 18 years? 
Seymour, 10 MPs, um, you know, just a masterclass in staying on message, um, building brand over the last three years and, and taking advantage of the just collapse into a ravine of the National Party. The, um, and what unites uh, Chloe Swarbrick and David Seymour is neither of them own, owns a house. And despite being among the most highly paid people in the country, probably never will be able to. Yes, they're, they're, they're young and hungry. <laughs> and about who are the people... Well, no, wait, let's talk about the Māori Party a little bit first, just mm. to um, uh, expand that, because you and I were discussing this a little bit um, uh, at, in Wellington. The fact that the party doubled its size in the specials is obviously a big deal, but it changes, doesn't it, from having just Rawiri Waititi there mm. to having Dibingaru Ipaka as a, uh, now a co-leader. What does it mean in terms of the difference of what they can achieve both in, both in this term and in terms of the kind of the opportunities the party is, now has looking further into the future? Well, it is a remarkable achievement because they didn't campaign for party vote. Mm. So quite unexpected. Um I think just on a basic human level, you know, Parliament is a lonely foreign place for anyone, but particularly for Māori. So I think having a a mate there to support you through that, Mm. um, you know, I think when they walked out of Parliament recently when they weren't allowed to speak, I think doing that on your own would be a lot harder, but when you have a mate there and you've got a, a plan in place, mm. um, it makes it much easier to action those sorts of things. Um, I think it also allows for a bit of good cop, bad cop um, negotiation strategy over different bits of um, policy. And I, I, I was actually going to say that because I think Tariana Turia and Peter Sharples did have a bit of a good cop, bad cop thing, avuncular, cuddly, pitter and... Tariana, who was a bit sort of more fierce uh, when the party was formed, and I thought maybe they'll they'll go a bit that way. And in their maiden speeches, they sort of divided the work between sort of uh, mad cop and furious cop. <laughs> um, and I, I just think it it um, you know rather than looking like a, a lone voice in parliament. Mm. It looks like a, a movement that's back on the rise. So I think in terms of public perception, it really strengthens their position as well. Kia ora, lovely podcast listeners. Jane here with a friendly reminder that Christmas is right around the corner. And, you know, presents and all that. The good news is we've got all, or at least some of your gift-giving needs covered at the spin-off shop. From tea towels to t-shirts, tote bags to Toby Morris prints or a copy of the spin-off book, our range of merch will look great under a tree or in a stocking or at a secret Santa exchange. In any kind of gift-giving situation, they'll look good, is what I'm trying to get at. But don't take my word for it. Go and see for yourself. Head to members.thespinoff.co.nz forward slash shop and just try to resist. Actually, don't try to resist. Just buy some stuff today, if possible. Thank you. Bye. The you touched Ben on the on the campaign, <coughs> um, which I suppose is the apart from the COVID nineteen pandemic, which I think I quite astutely identified as being a theme of the year, was another big political moment, the election, 
campaign. And I've got to say, the the campaign that Labour ran is the best one I think I've ever seen in the years I've been watching them here and in the UK. And I also hated it. <laughs> like it was, from a journalistic point of view, it was infuriating, but it was brilliantly done. And I guess it seems to me that they ran it much, there's a metaphor available in the way that COVID was approached. Like they basically, whenever they saw any potential uh, embers in the ground, they stamped the shit out of it, you know. So whether whether it was whether or not Jacinda Ardern is going to speak about her position on the cannabis referendum or whether or not it's saying anything beyond a sort of very, very small and symbolic tax policy, there was basically less is more. And uh, with a, an incredible discipline from Megan Woods as chair and then Hayden Munro as the person who was running the campaign, who incidentally has now just jumped over into your world, Ben, where he's j- joining Neil Jones as, a, as an operative. Um, that they 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 just managed to always keep it on the down low, which provided this just just stay out of the way, look like you're in control, and then let the national opposition and its inherited haplessness become the story. Yeah, and when a leader is as beloved as Ardern, probably you know, was to a certain extent at the beginning of the year and certainly became during the COVID pandemic, during her face being beamed into people's houses, keeping them safe at 1pm every day during the lockdown. Um, You don't need to promise a lot of new things. In fact, they pulled back very much on that um, in order to reduce that gap between rhetoric and delivery. Um, it was a very small target strategy. You just don't give any opportunity for the opposition or the media to latch on to any kind of loose threads to pull on or things that could get you snagged. Um, John Key used to do these sorts of things as well. Uh, he was very good at it. Jacinda Ardern was excellent at it this time. It is pretty dispiriting, though, because you know there are some huge challenges ahead. Um, one of the consequences of the pandemic and the response is that the burden has been borne very unequally. Um, If you were one of the fewer than expected but still very significant number of people who lost their jobs, you are faring out of this much, much worse than a 65-year-old with a couple of properties who's just been loading up on new investment properties (laughs) um, at very cheap interest rates. Um, You know, we see it in Gisborne, right? House prices have gone up 35%, I think, in the last year, um, and their unemployment rate has gone up by 20%, right? Because the Auckland and Wellington pathology of um, property speculation has, has basically exhausted those cities and has now gone out into the regions where people actually don't earn Auckland or Wellington mm. salaries to pay these rents on, 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 the, on these new big mortgages that have been taken out. So that, that increase in inequality, I mean, the, the, the other example of it, I, I think, that I saw recently was because you start seeing it everywhere, right? Yeah. As, you know, as a result of the lockdown the annual influenza deaths 
which normally afflict people over 65, um, went down from about 500 to about zero mm. because that transmission line was stopped by the lockdown. At the same time, rheumatic fever incidents amongst children living in poorer households and cramped, moist rental homes went up because they spent seven weeks inside with the mould. So you start seeing this kind of, you know, the... the the very uneven <laughs> effects of what the country has gone through this year. Um, we're still yet to get any kind of concrete figures on what's happening in mental health. The anecdotal data from people on the front line is that, you know, there's a real kind of swell in demand. Um, a lot of those programs announced, you know, in the, or, or the spending announced in the wellbeing budget last year, the $1.9 billion has, has not eventuated, you know, has, hasn't been deployed yet. Um, and so there's a lot still to shake out. Uh, we're not out of the woods yet. And a lot of this will actually require the same sort of ambitious leadership that we saw during the pandemic itself, but in a BAU sort of context. Oh my God, you sound like an aspiring Greens MP and I'm, I'm so here for it. I love it. Hey, can I just say, just going back to the Māori Party thing, the other great thing about having two MPs mm. is that um, you know, unlike David Seymour in an electorate like Epsom, which is small, it's easy to be, not easy, but it's a lot easier to be a good electorate MP and, and you know, be in Parliament and be the sole person in Parliament. It's a lot harder to do that, to be an effective electorate MP in a Māori electorate when you're all on your own in Parliament, simply by the size of the Māori electorates. Territory. And, um, Can't you know, have a handbrake in that car. You've got to drive a lot of a lot of road. You've got to have the pedal to the metal. But you know, it is something that we need to think about because to have one MP representing the whole of Te Tai Tonga, mm. just based on population. So wait, wait a, a second. What are you suggesting? Are you suggesting that there? I think it needs to like be a, a mix of geography and population, mm. and to expect one person to represent the entire South Island and Wellington. Mm is, as Fetu Tirikatene mm. used to say, an example of institutional racism. Annabel, when you look back at the election, what do you, how, how do you see it in your head? How would you describe it, that strange period where the election was kicked forward by four weeks? and How, how would you sum it up? It just felt like the marathon that never ended, didn't mm. it? And I, a special shout out to the Parliamentary Press Gallery too because, my God, you know, they had such a, a, a trying year and to mm. have the election elongated by another, was it four weeks, six weeks? Um, four weeks. was a, an incredible effort. Um, and, yeah, uh, it's just a shame they threw us out of their party, I guess. Like that kind of put it, like they did a great job all year and then to eject us after all of that seemed sad. That's just seemed sad. Yeah. The whole year was kind of like the day after a press gallery party. You know, sort of what, you know when you midweek drink and then you turn up to work the next day and you sort of know that nothing's really going to get done and it's a constant struggle and a pain and things seem to just, you know, minutes drag into hours um, 
and you just kind of think, I just need to get through it as like you know, sweat forms on your upper lip. And that sort of seems to be kind of the whole year mm. to me. It's a powerful um, metaphor. It is a powerful metaphor, and, and before and we'll leave that behind. But I should just say very quickly a shout out to two of our favourite press gallery journalists, Katie Scotcher, Jenna Lynch. Um, Favourites, uh, absolute faves. Mm. High Besties. quality, high quality people. Uh, what about the flops of the year? I mean, we've discussed the National Party a little bit. It's been a real hard year for National. That's been the going like circulating through leaders, three different leaders. I mean, just. It, it's 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 difficult to find positive things to say about about nationals year, and maybe that's a look. Maybe that's a bit like you know you said the GDP numbers are going to be great in the fourth quarter. You know if you go really low, <laughs> there's only one way to go, in in 2021. Yeah, buy, buy low, sell high, um, but. It's, it's hard to imagine how things could have gone more comprehensively wrong for any major political party. The, you know, the wheels really started to fall off, obviously, because of COVID, the rally around the flag effect that everyone likes to talk about. Um, Simon Bridges was seen as out of sync with public opinion. I think it's important to remember that Simon Bridges was not actually wrong with almost any of the criticism that he made of the government when he criticised the lack of PPE, the lack of circulation of uh, flu vaccines, the... Um, he got a lot the, right the, and a lot the of the... Fa- failures of contact as, as he himself would say, the timing was what... Was what, what, what yeah, that's right. I mean, David Seymour was the first person calling, I think, for the borders to be closed and everyone said he was a racist for wanting to keep Chinese people out. So one thing that we've realised is that there is, there's nothing to be gained from being right about COVID before the public is ready. I think we see that again with the um, travel bubble where... The government, I think, knows that it's not necessarily going to be any safer or less safe to have a travel bubble now versus four months in the future. But they've done such a good job of convincing the public that the outside world is sort of engulfed in the virus and that letting anything through our, our well, well, it, well, impermeable it, 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 borders... Well, it kind of is beyond... beyond well, it's, it's, beyond, it's, it's, beyond Australia is not. No, yeah, no, Australia, Australia not, is but pretty... America, the UK, India... Oh, sure, yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of that... Um, to hop around a bit is about you know the idea of social license or in a in a in a, in a more I guess colloquial way like bringing people with you and that yeah. that is absolute it's one of those times where ideas of leadership or comms which often are disdained and sometimes rightly because they are contiguous with waffle and nonsense well, uh, or dissembling that's deeply hurtful um, and, <laughs> but like it, it was it was a moment where that was absolutely integral to every part of us to do these completely unprecedented things that were unimaginable to most of us required getting people to the right place so that compliance was there so that people felt that you know the the the, the team of five million cliche but what a great what a great line you know the alert level thing learning from other countries how that would work the wage subsidy uh, knowing that there would be uh, spillage as it were, but knowing that through experiences overseas, the last thing you want is for people to get caught up in tape and unable to access the money. You just want to pump the blood into the system, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, and, and you know, le- leadership in these situations involves both 
you know, it's, it's a very reflexive or dynamic process where you're kind of tapping into what people think and then maybe leading them a little bit to the next next step. And, you know, it's, it's certainly not just a matter of pointing out that there's no PPE in the hospitals and then suddenly everyone will turn on their beloved mm. prime minister. Mm. And after that, Bridges, of course, polling started to, to tank um, and that led to the Todd Muller experiment. Mm. Um, what was it? 50, 59 days. 50 something days. It's amazing. Glorious days. You and and you, you sort of think at these at these times, you know, because all of the chatter around Todd Muller was he had always been picked as a future prime minister. You know, back when he was working in the Beehive in the nineteen nineties, mm. people would point at him as he went past and say, there goes a future Prime Minister. Mm. And then you you read in Matt Chapman's award-winning and best-selling book, Jacinda Ardern, A Different Kind of Leader. The Greatest Leader. What is it the, in the, <laughs> the overseas edition? The US not, 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 called not the Matt most Chapman's powerful the woman most in the world. woman in the world, which is just embarrassing for all involved. <laughs> um, but, of course, that recounts how at uh, Morrinsville High... She was voted by her peers as most likely to become prime minister. And then you sort of remember, you know, maybe that's manifest destiny, but then you see Todd Muller and Simon Bridges, and you realise that all across New Zealand, mm. at every high school, at every year, somebody was voted most likely to become mm. prime minister. Mm. And there's no real <laughs> predictive power to it. <laughs> the I'm trying to think of if the election was like the hangover from the press gallery party, what was the Todd Muller... Uh, interregnum like it was like kind that of was like turning up to the wrong place on the wrong day or I th- I think no it it's like when you're starting to get lit but you've run out of the drinks that you really like and so then you're then you have that drink and you're like should I shouldn't okay. I it's like a craft beer it might do me in and you're like bugger it I'm gonna chug it and you do, and then <coughs> shit gets wild. Actually, yeah, no, actually to extend that a little further. <laughs> and then you wake up under the parliamentary slide without any clothes on. Yeah, it, it's, it's, yeah, you, yeah exactly. You, you, so, somebody passes you a pill and you go, I don't recognise it. And then 59 days later, you're found in a field. <laughs> with... <laughs> <laughs> the the and then and then um, uh, you know beyond the the Mueller experiment, um, Judith Collins of course came in and it, you know it was her time and I think I think when we talked about it, it was sort of there was you were kind of like it, you have to give it to Judith Collins who's won it for a long time, who is a very capable opposition politician who has experience who is intelligent. Uh, there's just nowhere else to go, right? Well, that's that's right, and you would probably say after the election, there's still really nowhere else to go, um, unless you, again, wanted to roll the dice on the the, the next besuited, bald, white, business background. I thought you were standing national. for the Greens. <laughs> the when I I, 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 I met Christopher Lux in the other, it was like looking you? in a mirror. Um, how did how did they, how did you go? With him. What did you talk about? Yeah, nice guy. A nice guy. Yeah. Seems like a nice guy. Uh, I think he's going to do well in the what are the iwi negotiations portfolio. I, no, iwi business develop. Iwi, iwi. Iwi, iwi business. Iwi business. Well, that's that's you know, sometimes um, you have greatness thrust upon you. When I think hey, about the hey, national, hey, he's he's on board with the stuff business sections apology 
for not covering iwi and Māori business enough. Did the stuff and business section do its own apology? They did their own apology about not covering what about Māori sport? business. Did sport apologise? Well, I mean, they've got their whole Springbok tour. So they'd have to go pretty deep. Puzzles. Did puzzles apologise? Hor- horoscopes, yeah. The hor- yeah, there's no kupu Māori in the puzzles. Oh, exactly. They should apologise exactly. too. Where's yeah. our te reo Māori? Where's our reo finder? Yeah. You know? yeah. All, all I'm saying is that s- s- somebody... <coughs> Labour the Greens are lacking severely in an iwi business spokesperson. Okay. When I think about the national campaign, I think of that day on Ponsonby Road, Annabelle, um, which was, I mean, it was it was an amazing entertainment, but it was in a way a microcosm of the campaign as a whole. People didn't know what they were doing. They didn't know what they were meant to be saying. And it was just a kind of, it was as one... National MP described the year for National at the press gallery party to me a clusterfuck. Well, it kind of felt like when we tried to record our opening at the at the gallery party, you know, like people oh. coming up that we'd sort well, of jacked up to make us sound cool. <laughs> and like, yeah, we're welcome and they're excited to see us and sing yep. our praises, and yep. then the wheels fell off. Yeah, me Forbes A- again takes the microphone. Just a f- it was yeah. just a few degrees off, right? Like when Hamish, <laughs> Hamish, um, just a few. Well, in the sense that it is pretty normal to have supporters around to come up and talk sure, to your sure, leader, sure. and but but you don't place them at one point five yeah. meter intervals, <laughs> and you don't have them sort of ostentatiously pretend to just be strangers off yeah. the street. And then when you're the campaign manager of the local candidate is caught on film, he doesn't he he shouldn't just say oh yeah I, was, I just bumped into it. I was. We're in the middle of an election campaign. My candidate is hosting the leader of the party on Ponsonby Road, where we are right now. I had other stuff to do, hmm. but actually my errands brought me into the hmm. path of this. Why pretend? Why not just go, yeah, I'm, I'm sorting it out. I'm delighted to meet Judith Collins, our great leader. Um, okay. and, instead, it was like, you know, glitching Westworld robot sort of stuff. <laughs> the, like, what about um, let's let's I mean we, we haven't mentioned and we're talking about the 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 heroes and the zeros and all that we haven't mentioned the greens really apart from your imminent candidacy and of course Chloe Swarbrick's you know outstanding performance in Auckland Central I was kind of critical of the greens during the campaign a bit for being seemed kind of a little bit polite and a little bit not there was a space that was available to them as Labour hunkered down and went towards the centre. And then I was probably wrong. <laughs> like, they kind of held the line. Well, they, they had to walk a fine still... line, didn't they? Because Winston came out as so critical against mm. the government and he sort of shot himself in the foot by doing that. So the, 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 the Greens had like a had to carefully balance um, defining themselves for, from the government while not um, completely distancing themselves from it. So it was kind of a tough gig, mm. but I'm still critical that they didn't stand in all of the Māori seats. I know I keep banging on about that, but I think it's an important one. Got anything to say about the Greens, Ben Thomas? I mean, you can't argue with the numbers. They increased their vote. Mm. They won an electorate. Um, they couldn't have hoped for 
anything more except to actually be relevant in the formation of the government. Um, and for me and Toby to shut up. Yeah. Mind our own business. You know, it, it is a shame for them that uh, they only have those two ministerial slots right now. Mm. Um, but given the outcome of the election, that's probably a, still a pretty good result for them as well. You can see even at this early stage, they're much uh, more keen to differentiate themselves from the government, yeah. not just the sort of you know new court jesters like Ricardo Mendes March, Menendez March, but also James Shaw is you know being, he's been going quite hard on housing, hasn't yeah. he? And it'd be interesting to see how I mean Madam Davidson because she has sort of her portfolio mix whether or not she can carve out a space to be critical from 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 the left in terms of social development. Mm. Um, New Zealand First, you mentioned Winston Peters. He's been very, very quiet. There is, of course, an ongoing case. I mean, it's unrelated, but I just mention it. <laughs> uh, for the New Zealand First why. Foundation. Um, oh, shout out to the bad boys, by the way. Uh, thanks for being uh, with us. I know you listen. I know you listen. I understand there will be a, b- a bad boy Hammersmith. bubble in the first quarter of next year. A bad boy bubble. A bad boy bubble for the bad boys of Brexit just the to bad come boys. and... Yeah, and, okay. and do some social, social media, media work, consultancy. Yeah, for just anyone for um, for the Governor General Winston Peters. <laughs> the he's gone very quiet. Uh, there's been a bit of uh, the we the, the New Zealand First MPs. We were talking to New Zealand First MP the other day, Annabelle, and that they've been talking to each other a bit. Yeah, umming and ahhing. Mm. What 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 what, what are, give us your take on Winston Peters now and uh, with uh, the New Zealand First Party? Well, I think that person that we were talking to the other day said to us not to rule out a potential run, hmm. right? Hmm. Um, but it sounds like there's a lot of discord in the party over how the the election was run and the issues they chose to focus on and the campaign lines. So um, obviously there's um, still a lot of work to be done in there. But um, a glorious return of Winston as Governor-General, I'm sure, would spice up the country, would it not? I mean, my... What would be happening at, at Government House with Winston? Oh, it'd be at, such as, a great party, wouldn't it? Would there be, um, what do they call those lights, you know, the... Be fairy lights everywhere and kegs <laughs> over the. No, I don't know. I'm not. I'm only joking, Winston. Um, ben, uh, not Fishing only lines was on the deck. There. Oh yeah, straight into the. Just um, get a get a massive lake put in. Mm. And chuck in a whole lot of salmon. The um, along with the COVID being big big theme of the year, another one of my thoughts is that you never rule Winston Peters out. So Ooh, maybe maybe he'll maybe he will maybe he maybe he's having a lovely sleep um, up north, um, hanging out with Bo, beautiful dog, and he'll be back. There's a lot of chatter about him being made, uh, say, um, ambassador to the United States hmm. during his career. Of course, especially as foreign minister, he was vociferously against. 
former politicians being given plum diplomatic appointments. Mm. And so we can probably rule that out as much as him taking the baubles of office. <laughs> should, he, should he be elected in 2005? Um, so the fact that he is philosophically opposed to that in his historical uh, statements ruling it out suggests there's probably about a 70% likelihood that he'll be going to Washington. <laughs> If that's not the case, look, he'll be, he'll be pretty old <laughs> at the next election. What, like 78, I think? Mm. 77, 78. Mm. Um, isn't Joe Biden's about 100, isn't he? I mean, uh, you know, heaps of time. Yeah, but jo- Joe Biden has an entire sort of apparatus literally propping him up, yeah. kind of carrying him to like events. A, and like um, raising his left arm. Yeah, injecting his heart with yeah. adrenaline just yeah. before the debates. <laughs> And uh, I don't. I don't know that. I don't know that Peter's um, henchmen <laughs> would have that level of organisation in between elections. Um, you know, look, there's always the bad boys. They could always test things out. They could run a blog for three years. Mm. Maybe but they could bring back Brendan Horan to lead the party. Oh yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> um, Dennis Prosser is that? No, Richard, Richard Prosser. Prosser. Who was the Dennis cat? There was a Dennis. I'm pretty sure there was, was a Dennis. Dennis? There was a Dennis. Uh, Richard Prosser, he's quality. Um, the other, just briefly, I also want to touch on the whole uh, advance public party experiment, Jamie Lee Ross, Billy Takei. The, there was a moment there, Annabelle, where, where, where they were getting, having, you know, big turnouts, big rallies. Mm. There was a lot of energy. There was that big unknown of... How big is this movement online, on Facebook? It's massive. It's tapping into parts of New Zealand that don't appear in the normal mainstream circles. How a lot of them don't appear on the electoral roll either. And right. There's, and there's, there's the rub. Right. There's right. the rub, I right. think. Yeah. Um, do you, I mean, do, do, what do you take from all that? You had on one of your debates on the Hui, which were... Um, much lauded, along with me, Forbes, cheering of them. You had Billy TK on there. We did. Um, is he someone who can post the Jamie Lee Ross stuff, all of that, still kind of bring together, build a, build a movement out of all those sort of disaffected and, and, and in many ways kind of wounded people in New Zealand? He can build a movement, but not a successful political movement. Mm. I, w- I would, I would say. Um, I think, y- you know, you can make yourself, you can make a movement look quite big on social media, and you can pull together a crowd, and it looks impressive. But, um, but in terms of getting people to the ballot box, and and encouraging people who are already suspicious of the state to like sign up. You know, on the electoral roll and all of that, that's another matter. And I think that, um, you know, that the primary concern for him isn't so much about winning seats in Parliament, but more the corrosive effect of, of um, you know, on public health when you have large groups of people who, are, you know, primarily come from the most vulnerable groups from a health perspective, um, turning down vaccines. Yeah, that, that'll be the enduring uh, legacy of Billy TK and the Public Party will be impediments to a successful vaccine rollout next year. Um, 
one one surprising feature of I don't think you'd call them the right necessarily, but the sort of conspiracy theory, well, and, and and parts of the conservative right, like the advanced news, uh, sorry, uh, concert, new conservatives who did also sort of dabble in that kind of anti-lockdown COVID conspiracy space is that they're all a bunch of splitters. They're like a 1970s mm. university campuses, mm. Mar- Marxist mm. groups there. Um, the new conservatives have already been through a new leader and a new deputy leader. Mm. And I think the new deputy leader quit as well. Yeah, it's, uh, Alex, Alex Bray has been covering this in some exquisite uh, detail. B- Billy TK and Jamie Lee Ross uh, <laughs> were both trying to double-cross each other to get their <laughs> loot uh, out of that party, and um, mm. I think including a lawyer's letter from Jamie Lee Ross saying that he owned the Jamie Lee Ross brand. I'm not quite sure what the, the market value of the Jamie Lee Ross brand is right now. Um, we are going to put a time capsule into the ground at mm. some point. It's a, uh, we thought is that we, we thought we'd bring bring bring. Um, well, I think it, I think that doesn't. I think if it was compostable, it would sort of defeat the purpose. <laughs> Is it responsible it would, to it be putting compost, stuff in the ground? Yeah, because how would Clive Money feel ground. about that? We're going to bring okay. it out of the ground. Oh, well, okay. So, hope it doesn't leach into you, the water you, table. If you guys, if you guys were able to have the extraordinary privilege of adding something to the uh, spin-off Aotearoa twenty twenty time capsule, what would it be? So wait, what's the purpose of the time capsule? Is it so people in the future really understand what it was like to live now? Yeah. I'd put in the virus. You put the virus in, like a vial of the virus. Yeah. Have you got any? That's a little bit mean. Because if you're carrying, <laughs> that's... Okay. I don't feel that's in the spirit of the time capsule. Well, I'm going to pop in a bottle of hand sanitizer. Okay, yeah. Um, so make sure you use it before you open the vial. Okay future people um, but I'd also like to add a pair of black feather earrings mm. constructed from um, used bicycle tires oh, wow. which you if you're a Maori woman and you you don't own a pair of these you should basically be excommunicated from your iwi because all of us have them you need to get on board this waka um, they're beautiful. You were wearing some beautiful huia um, earrings the other day too. Oh, was Auntie Mahi bought me those. Um, we're going to talk about. We're not. Well, let's 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 not talk about twenty twenty one. We'll do that. In, we'll do that in twenty twenty one because because we've prattled on long enough. Um, so we'll cover that. We'll cover that um, at the start of the next year and and um, make a whole lot of absolutely accurate productions. One one last thing uh, is that we may have 10 minutes on the phone with the Prime Minister tomorrow um, because our political editor who is going to talk to the Prime Minister is somewhere in Marlborough region out of phone signal. So I thought if we get it, then maybe we should... We, we, she, she never came on our podcast this year, never, never, never showed up. I'm not sure if we actually invited her. I think I invited her on, on the morning after the election, but that pro- probably was never really a runner. She was just next door. Yeah, I know that's why because you're going to crack. But no, it's outrageous. Speak. I agree. Um, Snubbed. Uh, so, if can can you tell me what, uh, questions, please? What would Annabelle, uh, if Jacinda Ardern was here right now, what would you ask her? 
Um, does she use GHD? Does she use G or clouds? GHB. GHD. GHD. Straightening irons. Or clouds. Or clouds. Straightening irons. And if so, does she use the wide paddle or the narrow paddle? Wide paddle. Or the. See, I. Okay. Thank you. That's a good one. Uh, Ben? Did Clark ask her about the audible commercial? No, I'm not asking that. (laughs) Why why not? You guys are like you guys are meant to be the preeminent political podcasters in the country. And you debase yourselves into hair straighteners. No, that's it. This is an issue that's polarizing Aotearoa. People don't know if they should get GHD or clouds. Like they're almost the same price point. Commercial lobbying of the first family. Ben, do you have a question? I told you my question. No, do you have another oh, one? Oh my god! Uh, okay, edit out the silence so it makes it sound like I've I knew I don't, knew what my don't, question don't, would don't be. Do don't do that. Um, does she have a time frame for RMA reform? Oh, oh, what? A, <laughs> what do you want? Like, this, it's like he's going to get really the other end of it. Uh, Annabelle, your turn. Um, Sorry, do you is, want a serious you, one? Is or? Ashley Bloomfield yeah, guess, a nice man? No, do you no, guys have no, a picnic what? to fucking get? <laughs> like, what do you what do you want, Toby? What do you want from me? Annabelle. I actually do want to know that, so thank you for oh. asking, Ben. Have you ever had a picnic with Ashley Bloomfield? Would you like to have a picnic with Ashley Bloomfield? Is that what you're saying? Is that the question? What's no, the question? No. Um, will she consider? Making oral health care free in our most deprived communities like Kaikou here where they haven't had a dentist for over a year and where people are resorting to pulling out their own teeth with pliers. Okay. okay. That's a good Maybe question. Maybe means-tested so free dentistry, not not loans from, from wins. So grisly imagery of people in Kaiko yanking out their own teeth is okay, but asking about RMA reform timetable is just Oh, no, yours forbidden. was a great... We uh, were just stunned by the uh, perspicacity of the question from you, Ben Thomas. Tina, have you got any questions? Um, Tina's got another one on RMA reform. Uh, oh, I've got another one. Got, Will yeah. she commit... To ensuring that the next CEO of Oranga Tamariki, when that happens, if and when that happens, is Māori? She'll say that's state services. Yeah, no, but you've still got to ask these things. Do you, do you, should, I, should I say, like, in principle, do you think it makes yes. sense? Yes. yes. Okay. Good prefacing. Okay. Good okay. Um, okay. Anything else, Ben? Last chance. Now that the handbrake's gone, yes. will we finally see the end hmm. of the Waiheke Island Ferry Gold Card Subsidy. Good question. <clears throat> that's actually the only... The, forget about the RMA, forget about GHDs. That's actually the only thing we need an answer yeah. on. Yeah. Does she intend to stand up against the grey cloud that hangs over oh, our country, the baby boom generation, no, come on, don't at you don't any point don't in her turn? Good. good question. Okay, last chance. Any more? Thanks very much for listening in uh, 2020 to Gone By Lunchtime. It's been a lot of fun. We love you all dearly. Thanks, Tina. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, Annabelle.
Kia ora e te iwi, te ai he Butler here, podcast manager at The Spin-Off. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a Spin-Off member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.